Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Um, I don't know. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm the same as you. I really don't know. I know that I should say, oh, I'm fine. I'm really loving the simple things and I'm trying to keep positive. But actually today I feel, ah, I don't know. Same. I don't even feel particularly one way or the other. I just think I feel a bit like, Bleh. Somebody sent me a message going, I really hope you're feeling inspired at this time. And I was like, well, there's a part of me that feels inspired. But then the other side of me wants to crawl into a hole, actually. Like I'm trying to train from home, obviously managing the kids, you know, doing all the day-to-day like mundane stuff. But actually, there isn't, I don't know, there's no end in sight. It feels like it's going on and on and on. And I know all of the reasons why we're doing this. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to break the rules. I don't want to go out. I don't want to socialize. It's not that. It's just, it's just very, very dead. Yeah, it just feels weird. Like, it feels weird. I'm doing most of the stuff that I normally do anyway. Like, you know, obviously exercising. Okay, I'm exercising at home. You know, doing dinners, which I normally do anyway. But for some reason, it just feels like just bleh. that's the only way yeah. to describe it just yeah. it was nice for the first few weeks like walking around the block near our house like looking at houses we hadn't seen before thinking oh gosh like we've noticed so much about where we live that we didn't know and now I just feel like it's like we're being let out for like <laughs> for a tiny you know for a little bit of fresh air and you know like I know you know we're lucky we've got a garden and you know the weather's nice and there are so many things to be grateful for like I was only thinking about this the other day I was thinking this time last year I was working four days a week at you know away from Axel and at that time if you'd have asked me you know, what would you, would you love to spend some more time with him? I'd have been like, yeah, absolutely. That would be lovely to spend more time with him. Well, it's not even about spending time with the kids because that is amazing. When are we ever going to get this time again? Because we're going to be starting school. You know, it's not even really about that. I think it's about uh, the lesson out of this for me. I don't know about you, G, is that I love my life. I love what I used to do. I love the fact that I have my career. I love going into town. I love taking meetings. I love being creative. And I, at the moment, yes, we can do that at home. We're so, you know, thank God we've got this podcast. We keep the conversation going and everything. But I'm, I'm sort of grieving actually, because I really miss that other side of my life. So yes, I've got all of these amazing things around me, my family, my husband, you know, you made by mamas, the community, everything like that. Great. But I actually am really craving the the social aspect of like the freedom to go and see some friends. I thrive on that. I need it. And part of that internally I feel sad because I'm I'm missing it yeah no I know I totally get it I just yeah I, I can't put my finger on what it is for me at all I just it I, it just I just don't feel right it's just no. just and I think a lot of people will be feeling like this there's it's really hard to say what's making you not feel right because there's so many positives to be taken and a lot of us are in very lucky situations we've still got jobs you know our husbands have still got jobs we've not we're not worrying about certain things we haven't got people going out and working in the hospitals but 
it just doesn't feel right. I mean, you say our husbands have still got jobs. I mean, for the, the, the financial pressure this end for me, I mean, we don't really ever talk about this. And it's obviously a very private thing to discuss. But, you know, we're, we're under huge financial pressure because regard, you know, my husband works in property. I work in radio. Great. I've got my radio work, but all the other stuff around it, having to provide for the family and keep the money going in, that's keeping me awake at night. I mean, that is a real reality that loads of people will be facing right now. How do we keep the income coming in? And when can we get the economy back up and running again? And, you know, God, the virus itself is so worrying. I mean, it is so worrying. Boris Johnson has gone into hospital and he's in, he's in the ICU at the moment. I mean, he's, uh, he's not that old and he's the prime minister of the country. And it's like, it's really shit. It's really concerning. It, I mean, it's obviously affecting every single person in different yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, you're mentioning about the financial pressures. And I think, prob- I mean, the majority of people across the country will be feeling some kind of financial strain. Um, I mean, we are obviously, my husband, he plays in sport. Nobody <laughs> nobody can play sport at the moment. Um, so while at the moment, you know, we're okay, how, how long will it last? Yeah, I know. I was kind of going through that last night and having a chat with Dozer and just saying, you know, how how we how long can we be okay for? And yeah, that 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 yeah, I think everybody listening, we've had so many messages on our Instagram just saying, "Help, I'm, you know, oscillating from extreme panic to worry to concern and then I'm thinking, "Well, it's a beautiful day and I've got my children around me and, you know, all of these things." And then I go into work at the weekend and I get amazing messages from all the key and essential workers that are having to go in and they're the frontline staff, you know, the delivery drivers, the NHS work, the prison service, the guys that are out, the guys and girls that are out there sorting out the streets, you know, the bin men, everybody, they are keeping the economy going at the moment and the country running. But I don't know, part of me woke up this morning and was just like, I need to know how long we've got left. (laughs) (laughs) How much longer? How much longer? Are you buying anything? Are you shopping? Are you doing online shopping? No, I don't want to. I can't spend any money at the moment. I just can't. Like I went to the supermarket yesterday and I was really, you know, one thing that's really good that's come out of this is that I'm actually cooking food. Like I'm actually enjoying being in the kitchen a little bit more. I know you're listening. You're probably laughing at me going, she doesn't do any cooking. Oh no, that is really, really good. Do you know what? It It is a good time to try and learn things that you don't know how to do yeah. so like I hate baking I'm useless at baking I think I'm just more much like shove it all in not measure you know that kind of yeah. thing and I am trying to get into it because I really miss cakes <laughs> <laughs> and I you know I've got to find some way to get my fix so yeah exactly and to pass the time if it's not having sex with your husband it's baking a fucking banana bread mate <laughs> Um, listen we need to get into this chat because you and I could chat all day but one of the other positives about um, us all being at home at the moment is that we are able to reach people that have got very busy lives that potentially we couldn't kind of uh, nail down and have a chat with because they were so busy they were flying all over the place but we are getting them now because they are at home with their laptops and today's chat is one that I have wanted to do we both wanted to do for such a long time she is one of the most fantastic women I know Uh, she is a flex appeal campaigner she's also a radio presenter Center. She is an author. She's a mum of two, and she's a thoroughly lovely person. Today's chat is with Anna Whitehouse, aka Mother Pucker. So here we are at home with our laptops. The sun is shining outside. It's a Tuesday, and the person that we've managed to grab down wireless—it's not down wireless, down um, airwaves—is um, a personal friend of both Georgia and I. She is a fellow heart broadcaster. She's someone that I've known since I was weirdly. We'll get to that story since I was about nineteen years old because she used to date one of my mates. She is an author. She's a mother of two. She's a flexible campaigner, and she's an all-round legend. It's. Anna Whitehouse. Hello. Hello. I do my PR. I could do with that every time. <laughs> I've got to say, Zoe's intros haven't been as in-depth since we've all been at home, but that one was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how are you? How's it going? Uh, yeah, you know, it's um, I'm sat right now in a pair of dungarees that have um, Volvos all over them. Uh, not Volvos. I've just come back from my sort of bi-monthly shop which was uh, terrifying and, and, you know, exhilarating in equal measure because it's kind of like access to the real world uh, and also realisation of Armageddon. Um, so, yeah, about a four out of ten. I flip between deep-rooted anxiety and uh, concern and Googling how to remove shellac at home. 
<laughs> I went and bought um, a, a whole gel nail kit the other day, like a la- like the the UV light, the shellac stuff, everything. And I was like, right, I'm going to totally do this. This is great. And they're already chipping after like, well, one day. So I think the best way to go is just to, to give it all up. Yeah, we've got to go full. Um, I feel like we've got to go full castaway, you know, Tom Hanks. Like, I feel we've just got to get, like, surrender and give it over. Like, my Dozza saw me doing my home. Uh, my home kit moustache dyeing efforts uh, last week where I walked down the corridor with what can only be described as like two white slugs on my top lip. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, just uh, dyeing my tash. And he was like, get the fuck away from me. Don't come near me. It really shocked him. I've got this dressing gown that has, it's grey and beige mixed together. So greyish. And it's got a hood on it. And everyone's talking about I'm not being able to get access to their contraception. I'm like, I just slipped that puppy on. <laughs> he is coming near me. That's leading us sort of straight into, no, we're not going to get straight into a contraceptive chat, but um, I wanted to kind of talk to you about your um, your huge campaign, Flex Appeal, that we know you've been, we've been, you've been working on sort of tirelessly over the last four or five years. And then virtually overnight with the coronavirus pandemic, everybody has been forced to work from home. So what was that like for you? And how are you kind of feeling about all of that? Yeah, it was, like you said, it was bizarre. Like within 24 hours, everything we'd been kind of com- campaigning for happened. Um, but I think the the big thing is, is that what's happened right now is forced remote working. It's not kind of flexible working because we're all just forced into it. And I, um, I put a post up this morning just saying, just to remind everyone, you are not working from home. You are at home during a crisis trying to work. There's a really big difference uh to that you know but the one thing it's done is it's proven all the naysayers uh my big naysayer is a guy called gordon who always he's basically just been trolling me ever since i started flex appeal uh he's been like you know flexible working it's not it's just for these mummies who want to see more of their weetabix matter children and i'm like no gordon it's for you too and now you can see that yeah it's been bizarre and i think i've had an influx of companies who refused to let their staff work remotely before the pandemic, getting in touch going, how do we do this? And you can see the companies that got on board with it, there's been no change, there's been no shift. So, you know, I would never wish this context upon the world. But the positive of it is everybody is now more connected with their families at home working for better or worse. I mean, I put the kids in front of um, the TV yesterday when I did a conference call and I came back and they were watching the poker channel. <laughs> Does that count as math? I'm just going to cash that in as maths module one. If your daughters turn out to be like champion poker players in later life, we're going to know why. It was all to do with the lockdown. Yeah, the pandemic was fruitful. I mean, like I say, incredibly, don't want to be flippant, incredibly dark context. But um, the upside I'm hearing from so many men, uh, I would say, that's the big upshoot is um, so many men are getting in touch saying, it is working for us. Our teams are more productive. There is no way I will be going back after this is finished to working within an office. We can prove it. We've proved it's worked. So I think that's the the you know silver lining to this really dark situation. I mean, what what do you think it's going to do post lockdown to the, the 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 parent or parents who were kind of the the staunch nine to fivers who kind of got up before their kids got up or missed bath time every night? What do you think it's going to do to them? I think they're just not going to take it anymore. I think the thing is, is that the issue I've always had is that uh, this employer and employee uh, relationship, which is a bit like your own, just like owner and pet, when actually it should be a relationship. And, you know, we've been working flexibly, you, me, Georgia, everyone has been working flexibly for years, but it's been one way traffic. So we've been doing like 468 hours every year of unpaid overtime. And, you know, then I go and, you know, ask for maybe to go for my cervical smear. And I'm looked at as if, you know, I'm asking to go and get a pedicure or a manicure or something on work time. There's no two-way flex. That's the big issue. And I think what we're going to see now is people will not stand for going back to being strapped to their desks under a strip light like a battery hen. Uh, they will say, and they can quite rightly say and back it up most of the times with uh, evidence that it worked. Look, the tech's here. I can make it work. I want to see more of our family, cut down the commuting times, and we're going to do it. So I think the shift on the other side is simply going to be 
people working like this uh, more flexibly uh, on the other side. I hope is that employers don't use the current situation to sort of beat us around the head with because who can we, we did the maths currently an eight hour average working day, six hour school day plus 12 hours of parenting. That's 26 hours that we're being expected to do as parents in a 24 hour day. This isn't the time to be judging whether flexible working works. This is forced remote working. It's very different. I also think it would be really interesting after, you know, lockdown is done and we're sort of going back to our normal I hope people remember just how much, you know, parents have actually fitted into their days in this time. Like you said, like we're literally doing a 26 hour day in, well, 24 hours. And I hope they realise how productive you actually can be when you work from home. Like I know personally, I used to do one day a week from home. And I'd say 80% of the people at work were eye rolling thinking that I wasn't really doing anything. But actually, I would never have been able to get Get my four days a week done if I hadn't have had that day at home a day where I don't have to go to meetings a day where you know I choose when when I'm on calls when I'm speaking to somebody but I can actually just take myself off and hammer through work I just really hope people remember how productive a lot of people can be when they're at home what I love um, is as a woman who isn't a parent, because obviously flexible working is not about parents, it's about everyone, you know, and a lot of people living with disabilities at the moment have said, we've been saying this for years, we we have not been allowed to work because like remote working wasn't allowed. But there's this one woman, um, she works at Virgin Media, she's the HR director there, and her name's Anne. And she just said, uh, every Friday, I put in the diary from nine to 11, nine to 11, that Anne is at the V&A. And she's like, I cannot stand children. She's like, I cannot stand crowds. And she's like, I need those two hours without a crowd at the V&A to clear my head. And my work, know that I will work incredibly around that. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. But this um, embarrassment of having a life outside of work, that is what I hope shifts. And that is what has to shift. Whether you want to go to the V&A or whether you want to just be chipping hardened porridge off a kitchen table, which is everybody's life right now. Just out, damn spot, out. How do you get those fucking dried Weetabix off the top of the surfaces? I just can't do it. I've got this spray and it doesn't work. The other day I was like, what can I use? I'm just chipping it away with the end of a toothbrush. That did not work, by the way. Did not work at all. you using your... Um, your sort of rank, uh, vaguely unshellacked nail to try and <laughs> you're like, you know, and it's like, you know, there's a massive thing going on out there and you're sort of about to cry over a bit of chipped porridge. And I think that's the, I'll coming back to what you were saying earlier, that's where we are right now, this massive global thing happening. And yet we're all in this really tiny sort of domestic contained bubble. There's no sort of in between. There's either global pandemic or getting crying over trying to get porridge off the table it's it's a really bizarre time I want to go back to your a point that you just touched on and I, I want to kind of uh, put put my opinion forward on the on the sort of arrogance of the bigger companies that feel that we shouldn't have a life outside of work and I've experienced it where they feel that work should trump family and I think in a way what this pandemic has shown us that we can actually have it all now trying to change the minds of those bigger companies or whoever it is it doesn't necessarily need to you know be specific to big companies but whoever is saying you know you need to be here from x amount of time to x amount of time and no you cannot go and pick up your child from their first day of nursery it's bollocks so how do we actually try and change the mindset of those people because they're the ones that are holding us back yeah yeah, well, because um, obviously, as you know, I'm half Dutch. So I lived in Holland for a lot of, about well, five years before coming back to London in 2014. And I had my daughter over there. And I think that's where I learned a lot about how to shift mindsets. Because right there in Holland, families, top of the tree, uh, then work, and then everything else. And uh, I remember distinctly my boss, when I was a copywriter at Tommy Hilfiger, uh, we had London and New York panic calling in. You know that sense of overwhelm you get in, like in London and New York, where it has to happen now. And my boss, he just was like, we'll do it Amsterdam, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's handbags. I'm totally offending my people there doing that accent. Um, <laughs> it was just that moment of ownership that that guy had where he said, guys, 
like put the shoes and the handbags down. We can talk about it tomorrow. We're going home to our family. And I think the big wow. shift come in that family isn't 2.4 kids and a white picket fence. Family is um, your boyfriend, your guinea pig, your partner, your people. And that I think once employers start to recognize this isn't a mummy issue, this is a people issue. And that includes them. I think that's where the shift will come, is this has to be fully inclusive to work. And a guy who I have to give as much attention to as possible is called, he's called James Clary from Coots Bank. And he basically put his whole team on flexible working. He went in the, in the, in the terms of um, Coots Bank, he went rogue. And um, then productivity went up 30% within his department. And it was one of those situations where it takes somebody to, in inverted commas, go rogue. And the big guys at Coots Bank were like, well, wait a sec, how have you done this? What have you done? Why did you do this? You, you know, went across post protocol. And he sat down and he said, the reason I did this, and he had a whole wad of facts and figures as to how it had worked, you know, on a kind of financial level. The reason I did it is because I wanted my secretary to become engaged to her boyfriend, not disengaged because I could see that they were getting disconnected. You've got to lead with the people. You've got to lead with the people you're working with. Put them first, the rest delivers. And I think coming back to your question is my role here is to amplify the voices of James Clary, a man in a very white-collar industry who went rogue and then shifted that whole company. It took one person, and I think anyone listening to this, that person can be you. Because flexible working isn't about mummies and daddies. It's about people. And that includes you. I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's uh, incredible, actually. Um, and obviously, we're not just talking about parents here, but a lot of our listeners are parents. So if after lockdown, you know, you're about to return to work and you want to work flexibly, how do you go about approaching that? Well, I mean, I think you, you, you're leading on a strong foot because you've made it work. And I think that's the one message I really want to get out is try and make this work, people, as best you can. I don't want to put extra pressure on anyone, but this is the time to prove it works in a way. And that's um, not to take away from the fact that we have children uh, screaming at us. And I think you might have heard earlier, uh, well, my daughter came in on a really important conference call with LinkedIn yesterday, and she just went, duck off, you little duckies. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to kind of roll with that in a way and I think people are becoming more human um so I think the thing you can do and um the point that we've had a lot of success with is to go back to your employer and say look we made it work uh, under a global pandemic that was incredible pressure but that's not what you measure this on let's give ourselves three months to road test this you and me we will do this measure it this way and at the end of those three months you see if it worked and you will have made it work and that's what we found is working is holding the hand of your employer not just lambasting them going why aren't they giving me this why aren't they doing this for me go well how can I package this as a positive thing for them to do for us to do together I don't even hear my daughter's trying to like get Go away! <laughs> I love the idea of you saying that put you know give a time limit of how you know how we can make it work like three months I know when I went back to work after having Axel it took me so long to even negotiate four days a week and one at home it was a real challenge and I actually did use some of the points that you had on your website at the time and I bet you were also being um forced to do well not forced to but this is what happens five days worth of work in a four day uh week that's what usually happens so Companies are like, yeah, okay, we'll give you, Georgia, we'll give you Zoe, we'll give you Anna flexible working, no probs, you know, do your four day week, get paid for four days. Uh, and then, you know, obviously you have that fifth day off, but that never happens. You end up squeezing that fifth day in to four days and you get paid less. That is not flexible working, that's extortion. And that's kind of where we are at the moment is trying to help companies recognize because what company would say no to that situation? Wait a sec, we pay you less to do the same job, basically. Um, and that is where we need to really shift the narrative around how we do this. Um, but I'm really glad that our stats really helped you. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. Hold up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, where were we? Well, I think that um, more communication and like you said earlier on, Anna, that it's not um, employer, employee, it's a relationship. And if you can go in there and say to them that this is the situation, this is what's coming up. I need to be here for this. I want to be here for this to do with my child or I want to go to the VNO or whatever it is that you want to put forward and communicate with them better. I know for me and obviously our employers at Global. If I've ever got got a childcare issue or, you know, Luna has to come with me and I'm like, Luna's coming in for the voiceover. Is it all right? And they say yes. And I think there's more of an understanding now, thanks to people like you who are really sort of banging that drum very loudly, um, that talking to them rather than just thinking, oh, they're never going to go for it is probably the first step. You're completely right. And I think the question employers simply have to answer is, uh, do you want to be a diverse and inclusive employer? And if you say yes, and I, I really would challenge any company to say no to that, then you have to enable flexible working because it allows those with caring responsibilities, those living with disabilities, those living with anxiety, those just wanting to live to work for your company. And if you say no to that, then essentially your gender pay gap is going to be massive because flexible working is linked to that. It has a knock-on effect to everything else. So those just going, it will never work, it can't work, it has to work. Otherwise, you are a rubbish employer. And we will bring shame upon your house. What does the dream scenario, what does a dream picture look like to you within that sort of flexible working um, circle? I think that's it. Like, So the author Douglas Copeland, uh, he ha- had this brilliant quote uh, last year. And he said, the nine to five is barbaric. He's like, we will look back at the nine to five, like we look back at child slavery in the 18th century. And I think that's quite a powerful thing because we're just doing it. We're just in this system that was born in the industrial revolution, just following protocol and and like little cogs in a hulking great wheel. But actually what this current pandemic has shown is that's broken down completely. And it's been broken down and in pockets it's working really well, in pockets it's not. But there will be no option. And I think what I hope is that flexible working is, A, as I said, it's seen as a people issue, not a mummy issue. That two, that our days will ebb and flow. That there will be moments where I am picking my children up and I'm fully focused on that. I'm not one hand on my phone wondering what's going on. But, you know, there's clear boundaries as to what people are doing and what they can do. So something that PepsiCo are doing at the moment, a guy called Robert Reitbrook, um, he spearheaded this, is a leaving loudly policy. So he'd be like, Zoe, Georgia, Anna, just put a line in the sand, a digital one or a verbal one. Just say, I'm off to pick up Archie from school. Don't skulk out of the office. Don't put your you know, your coat on your chair and pretend to go to the toilet and then go home. There is no shame in living. And I think that is something we need to recalibrate our minds towards. Because as you said earlier, we've been basically living to work. And actually, I think the shift now is we need to work and live. Um, And those two can work together. Um, So I think, you know, while I wouldn't want to leave loudly and tell everyone I was going for a, you know, a... uh, a cervical smear or a guy gyne- an, in- an intensive gynecological exam um I might want to say I'm off to play tennis I'm off to do this I think there's just no shame in living and I think that's asking what my 
flexible working utopia is, is that I'm not saying the words flexible working, that people are just working, ebbing and flowing around their days and respecting each other, trusting each other to get the job done and being flexible when somebody can't do something because they have a child with them or they have a grandfather with Alzheimer's or they have to take their pet Clive, their iguana Clive to the vet. You know, it doesn't matter what these human reasons are, but we need the workplace to be more humane. And also, I know what it's like to bring Luna into the office at heart. And I know what, what it does to that to that office environment. And everybody's faces light up and everybody wants to have a high five from her. And even the sort of, even the, the, the most downtrodden faces in that office, not naming anyone, lights up and wants to have a chat. And like, a, you know, it's just a lovely thing to do. And it shouldn't be poo-pooed. Quite simply, it's Zoe Hardman. And Zoe Hardman isn't, you know, afraid of being a mother and a broadcaster and a wife. You know, you are many things you are not just that one thing and you have to bring your whole self to work and sometimes that includes uh, bringing your life appendage um and I think you're right you know and I think there's a shift when people bring their dogs in let's say and you know I think having an open conversation with colleagues and what works and what doesn't you know it doesn't have to be one-way traffic if the dog's annoying someone who has allergies then you have the conversation but flexible working I hope will be more about human interaction within a workforce not this owner and pet mentality where owner goes employee sit there do your work go home and then you can live it will be ebbing and flowing throughout that day and you will be trusted and empowered and I think the mindset shift of trusting and empowering your employees look I trust you to get the job done you're going to get the job done if someone's trusting you to to work in a way that works for you. You are going to sit, uh, somebody said to me the other day, they're like, yeah, but I can't trust um, my employees who work from home, you know? And I was like, what, have you got fears that they're going to be sitting in their undercrackers watching Homes Under the Hammer? <laughs> I was like, why are you bothered about where they're sitting? Look at what they're doing. Why do you not know what they're doing? I know when Zoe Hartman is at work, I can hear you on the radio. <laughs> You know, I know what you're doing. I can trust that you will get there and you will do that. And the rest of it around it is part of you. And I think uh, my question, my my pushback to that question when somebody said, you know, is everyone going to be basically sitting in their undercrackers watching Hands Under the Hammer is that person would be the same person who's stalking their ex on Facebook in the office. That's not a flexible working issue. That's a recruitment issue. Recruit the right people, get the talent in place, and then trust them to do the job. It is that simple. I think it's really interesting what you were saying about having this two-way relationship. And actually, it's not just the employers, it's the employees who need to have a bit of a shift and feel like they don't have to hide when they're doing something and just have an honest working relationship. Because sometimes maybe you can't, you know, you can't get a hair appointment and you need to leave five minutes early to get there for it. Well, if you feel like you can tell your boss that, then they're going to feel like they'll take you know you're going to tell them anything I just think the whole trusting and treating someone like a human is all that need all that needs to be it's about yeah it's transparency it's exactly that Georgia it's um like have we I think all of us I, I think everybody listening right now and you right there the thought of that 9am start we've all been in a job where you have to be in let's say at 9am and the difference between an employee that gets in at 8.59 a.m., they're like, good employee, well done. The one that gets in at 9.02 a.m., bad employee, probably going to go to HR at some point if that continues. And you're talking about three minutes, regardless of leaves on the line, child screaming at nursery for their parent not to go, uh, traffic, all of these pressures uh, around that person before they've even started their day um, and then having to make up excuses for being five minutes late because, you know, it just, it's all set on distrust. The whole current system is set on people not trusting each other and how on earth can you work together if you don't trust each other? Um, so we're obviously all being um, forced into working from home at the moment. So do you have any tips for people, parents that are listening, because obviously this is a parenting podcast, who are kind of trying to get their 
uh, their day-to-day work done, but have also got to manage their children at the same time. How do we structure our days, Anna? How, Zoe, how? Now, I'd like to um, just prefix this with, um, I have the tips, but um, they're not always working. You know, I don't want to be that person that comes in here going, here's all my tips and it's all working perfectly here. Um, It's not. Um, So I uh, would say the first thing we did that made a difference was setting an alarm at the beginning and end of the school day. So there was a little bit of a bookend for the kids. So they heard a bell at the end of the day and they were like, right, school's out. Because otherwise, everyone just merges together as one. Um, Yesterday, uh, we had an, uh, well, yeah, yesterday we just had a complete uh, nightmarish day where no one was doing, trying, everyone's trying to do their thing and it wasn't working out. My daughter was crying on my lap uh, and I had to do a call in 10 minutes. And uh, I repackaged a negative into a positive by saying, well, should we look at a, a TED Ed video of how tears are made? And um, so she sort of switched from crying to learning about crying, which um, was, I think TED Ed is brilliant. You know, if you are feeling guilt around screen time, and I think we should all cut ourselves some slack, TED Ed is great. They have like really short talks for toddlers right the way through to teens. Uh, anything from like the history of um, spiciness uh, to how tears are made to um, my daughter loved watching how Warhorse is made, the model uh, in the in the sort of theatre production. So there's lots of random things on there that have really caught their attention. Um, big thing for me is this is not just for parents for everyone is um split your day i've i've called it the time blocking method um just to sound more official um <laughs> your day in proactive and reactive tasks so proactive is new projects like driving forward with things reactive is in the inbox of doom because if you feel you've just been answering people all day you won't feel you've achieved anything in that day so that really shifted my mindset and the final one is to genuinely make peace with the chaos as best you can there will be a postman that pummels the door like Tyson Fury there will be a child that comes in and um tells you to duck off you little ducky um and there will be your partner who asks you where the tea towels are even though you have lived together for 13 years (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) i think you know you will have to just make peace with that chaos but the last bit that has helped me has been giving my family on busy work days one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon where they can ask me all the things. They can show me, you know, their new dance routine to Taylor Swift. They can ask me to, uh, you know, open up a gherkin jar. They can tell me whatever they want, but try and contain it into those sort of two hours so that you're not constantly being interrupted. The other thing that both George and I are kind of really worried about, because we're both going through kind of our own personal mental health battles during this lockdown, I'm I'm actually really concerned about um, people's mental health. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I oscillate from like 20 times a day going into like total panic to then thinking, no, 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 I mustn't feel panicked. It's absolutely fine. It's going to be fine. And then thinking, oh my God, I'm in panic and anxiety and I get this pain in my chest and my throat and stuff. And you know when even when when we go out on our walks people are not making eye contact with each other they're not saying hello like I'm making a point of saying hello to everybody because the personal interaction I'm fucking I'm missing it I'm a cuddler I'm a I'm a human I need it I'm really struggling with that I think you're you're not alone because there's just no middle ground in all of this you know because it's not a middling situation it's global and domestic all at once it's kind of overwhelm and then kind of domestic underwhelm it's like these extreme highs of we're together as a family and extreme lows you know the thought of grieving someone that you might not be able to say goodbye to um you know I find myself kind of fearing the worst like you Zoe and then suddenly I'm looking at my children in front of me and I'm like well maybe the best are right here and I think uh you know the the big thing is human connection and um I, uh, you know, the clapping for the NHS nurses on a Thursday night at 8 p.m. It was just, I think, seeing my kids like bashing pans with a wooden spoon and starting up a little bit of a kind of music off uh, with the kids over the road who then started bashing the pan back. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's like those moments that you totally wouldn't have had and don't see, you kind of have to hold onto those. And I think 
you keep smiling as you are. That's who you are. And I think those not smiling back are having their own personal battles at the moment. But um, I, yeah, I found uh, the tips I gave earlier, I have found communicating first and foremost with my family. I sit down at the table every morning. And even if the day goes horrendously, we sit down as a family, including the toddler, and we talk about what we want to achieve in the day. And that is, we're basically like a really rubbish uh, Sopranos and less violence uh, until it gets about four o'clock. Um, but I think really start with your family unit. And even if, um, you know, a lot of people are self-isolating on their own. Yeah, um, you know, exactly. I, that, not to be underestimated. Um, you know, the, I can't imagine uh, what that would be right now. To be honest, there's moments where I think perhaps it would be a really nice thing as I'm being hit over the head by um, a sort of spatula. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think peaks and troughs for everyone. Yeah, I keep saying to my husband, and we both keep saying to each other, can you imagine if you were, you know, having to, in lockdown, without any children? Like, how amazing would it be? And then you actually think about it and you think how much time you would have to feel and also how much pressure you would feel as well to be making the most of this time and actually the children are the ones that bring the normality to the days like we're still doing all the things that we were doing before you know we're still making the dinners we're still like trying to do some kind of schoolwork with them we're still putting them to bed and that's the kind of the normality that I'm clinging on to is just those little things I want I want I want to be the person who's just met their partner and moved in with them. I was literally just about to say that. That is the dream scenario. All of the morning sex, you'd be doing all of the naked cooking together. You'd be ha- you'd be having sex on the island, on the new sofa that you just fucking bought together. It was a Zoom party on Friday night with our two, with Luna's godfathers, who are a gay couple that have been together for eight years. They're my best friends in the whole entire world, Nick and Tim. And we stayed up on Friday night until three o'clock in the morning, drinking. 6am Luna came in. Hello, mummy! And I could I could still smell the whiskey coming off Doz's breath at this point, and I was like, "We can't live a single life. We've got three kids. It just doesn't work." It's, and they were lounging around in their garden all day, and like just being able to. I mean, I feel like I've watched the whole of the internet now. Uh, you know, I've done the whole of Netflix. I've, I've I've got through it all, but to be able to just languish over, you know, the equivalent of a box set with somebody, and then have a quick cheeky shag after, I'm like. Jesus Christ, that would be the dream. <laughs> I'm looking at the shed wondering if I can move in. Um, Dog is calling it lockdown loving. He's given each day like lockdown, it's lockdown loving day 17 today. You know, things get really fruity on this day. And I'm like, please stop calling it that. It's not any sexier when you give it a f- sort of weird sort of sexy title. It's not sexy. Um, is there anything that you're discovering about Matt now you can't get away from him? Um, I've discovered that he has a wonderful uh, work voice. You know, you, you know, you start seeing things uh, in your partner that you wouldn't be a party to. I saw somebody tweet the other day going, God, I never knew my husband was like a, a circle back guy. And he does funny things like, um, I say funny, like this is how this is how far our entertainment has gone. He'll come into the kitchen, and give me a bum squeeze while I'm sort of by the fridge. And he'd be like, uh, going to take me to Hank Charles? Uh, I was like, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, and I think he is, is. I've repackaged things that used to hack me off, actually, as things that I find quite endearing. Uh, because we're in isolation, and there's no one else, and I have to get on with him. I've kind of made peace with that. And it will be things like he'll be like, and I'll say, pass me the gherkins. And he'll say, I'll give you a gherkin. And <laughs> and he'll say, he'll say, um, I'll be like, uh, could you pass me the remote control, please? And he'll be like. I'll pass you the remote control. <laughs> it doesn't like that's creepy. So it's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> but actually, I used to find it annoying, and now I'm like, oh, actually, that that is date night. Dozer turns around to me at like two minutes past eleven in the morning. He he'll go. He'll look at me and he goes, "How are you doing for Dick over there?" I'm like, "I'm absolutely fine for Dick. Thank you. Please never ask me." <laughs> How are you doing for dick? It's the worst thing that you could be asked because it just makes you not want dick. It's like, I just don't want it. Yeah, and then he'll, he'll say things like, okay, let's uh, we'll go outside and do our exercise and then I'll take you to the shower for more exercise. No, again, that's not sexy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think Matt and I right now are a tie. I'm really glad that you can't see me right now. Our attire, we're looking like an advert for a retirement home. All of the things I'm wearing are elasticated. And I think that's the scary bit is... I'm not sure 
where things start and end just um aesthetically like how if i'm eating too much or too i don't know because it's all stretchy we've made a pact that every two weeks there'll be one day where we dress like our former selves because i feel like getting into structured jeans is probably a good thing just to check where things are at i I just put mine on the other day and i was like fucking hell they're actually a bit tight this what's this is not good i've been telling myself for years that i dress for myself i don't dress for anyone else all of that kind of stuff and now now I'm not seeing anybody else, I've realised that that is a complete and utter lie. And I actually dress for everybody else because if I want to dress for myself, all I wear is leggings and a t-shirt. So if I want to be myself going forward, that's what I'll be wearing. I've got currently a hoodie on that I genuinely think is from the last millennium. Yeah, what does it say on it? Has it got some sort of logo or any sort of print? It's got, it's a fruit of the loom. Yeah, of course it is. I knew it. (laughs) yeah it's a it's a fruit of the loom and you know it's that kind of hoodie that's merged to your body like it it's just fit it fits every kind of uh, it's grown with me um it's uh, basically it's my only dowry i'll hand this back i'll pass this on to generation and generation after me the only positive to take out of this is that um if our partners are still finding us attractive during the lockdown and still want to do it with us imagine when we actually get back to normal life and we actually I don't know, wash our faces or curl our hairs or maybe just put a bit of lip gloss on. Imagine it's going to send them wild. <laughs> they won't know what to do. I mean, you say that, but like, um, like obviously the porn situation has been fascinating to me because I'm like, well, you know, you're in lockdown with your family. It's quite, you know, close quarters. I'm like, when, you know, I'm just interested when, it, when, are, when are you watching it? What are you doing? Because like 95% of men watch porn. I mean, you know, we did the book, Where's My Happy Ending? We've got the stats. I know we did a whole chapter on porn where we interviewed Zoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she gets all coy and going, "Oh, why are we talking about this?" Um, and uh, so we, you know, Zoe knows she's read the chapter, um, and uh, you know, men, most men watch porn. So I'm kind of like, how does that play out in isolation when they're on a conference call in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, I mean, poor Doz is going to absolutely, I can't, actually I can't because he's in the other room. If he hears me confessing, say when I went to his browser to search something yesterday, I found I found a porn site that had been recently re- recently visited. So I'm just going to say to you that I think it happens in those very short windows, like just going to the loo or I'm just going to go and have a shower or I think we're, we're managing it in the corners of our houses. I think we're managing it. I've just gone on to the history on our browser now and it's gone. <laughs> that's history and um the only thing that i got from it was i was like they do not look like me it's very niche isn't it what you can see there on the history not something i would have thought was aligning with your current <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant i love you so much we could talk to you all day love you guys it's been nice to just have human contact right now you know and I think we've got to just send so much love to everyone out there like whatever you're doing whether you're manically googling how to remove gel nails or kind of freaking yourself out with the cycle of coronavirus news you know I think we're all in this cycle right now and hearing other people's voices is the thing keeping me sane I love you too thank you thank you so much absolutely amazing it was an absolute joy will you come back on again please I'd love to. I'm so, so glad. Um, Listen, we'll catch up with you soon. Loads of love. Love you. Bye. What a brilliant chat. (laughs) I absolutely love Anna. I feel like she takes you on a journey with her words. She's such an incredible wordsmith. So, like, she does. Like, you know, a normal story just just feels like this incredible, beautiful piece of music because she's just so amazing. Her vocab, she's so clever. Yeah, she is. You like, you feel so sort of not silly when she talks, but I just want to sit and listen to her all day. Just the way she just describes it. Slash, get my thesaurus out to check on some of the words that she's been using (laughs) yeah I love her and I feel like that chat was so relevant because obviously you know being forced to work at home at the moment but how incredible that she's got this this such this positive belief oh is Gigi there hi Gigi she's on my knee I think there we go there we're just showing everybody exactly how it is (laughs) (laughs) that actually we can take all of these lessons that we're learning during lockdown into everyday life when we get out 
exactly and just I, I mean it's weird isn't it like when she's talking about the commute you don't even really think about what a waste of time that can be and how like what well, I bet there's so many people who are using the time when they'd normally be commuting to do something else which they enjoy rather than being packed on like a sardine on a tube yeah I totally agree with you and obviously all of the tips that she gave us is uh, kind of to try and structure our days a bit better whilst we're at home to try and juggle you know work with the kids and everything else and our husbands like partners yeah it was really great I loved it really really good I hope I hope well I'm definitely going to take a lot from that and I hope those listening will do as well yeah and um, we're not going to do products um, we're only going to do once a week we're going to give products because we just feel like it might be a bit of an overload so the products will come with our second podcast this week which is going to be released on Friday or Saturday we're really excited about that and that is one that we've recorded um, before the corona uh, pandemic so it's actually quite nice we don't mention it at all because it hadn't happened it hadn't it wasn't even I don't think it was even a thing at all I never even heard of COVID-19 back then oh dear we'll get back there soon Um, so as always we'd love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and please please at this time as well if you know of any of your friends that aren't listening um, to Made by Mamas the podcast just just maybe send them a little message and just you know if they're having a tough time at home and they're feeling quite isolated or lonely we can be in their living room or on their walk with their pram we can we can be their adult chat for the day Um, and do and do drop us a message at Made by Mamas yeah Gigi or at Zoe Hardman (laughs) yeah you can drop us a message on Instagram and if you do one thing today make sure you go to your partner's history and um, have a little look at what they've been googling whilst you've been working absolutely Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.